So I, I was, I can't believe you had this. This was a, a shock to me that you had mm. this one. I, I thought, you know, I knew you would I'm, I'm likely this. be surprised, but that's my Mount Rushmore. So yeah, um, friend of mine in Cleveland, who's a, is a uh, self-proclaimed music connoisseur, we one day started talking about not just music or influences of music throughout your life, but the Mount Rushmore. And when you start talking about the Mount Rushmore of particular subjects, it gets really fun because these four songs on my particular Mount Rushmore, you already said you were surprised by that one, probably surprised by a, a striper. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, to tell the story, like the Mount Rushmore in yeah. America, to tell the story. Right. Ooh, excuse me, goosebumps already. That brings me right back to West High Street. Does it? Brings me back to when I was a little boy. And I had the little record, the little round, yeah. the, what, what do you call those little the LPs? Little 45s? Well, 45s. Carrie, I, you know, I have very few memories in that house, but this is a memory. I used to daydream about, no kidding, well, how old were we? Four young. or five? Young. I would play that over and over, and I would daydream about, <laughs> like, I'm not even sure I knew what a concert was, but being at a concert. Mm -hmm. And then pulling me up on stage, not to play, but to just be like they loved me too, with a t-shirt. Like I'm like, I wonder if I get a Joan Jett t-shirt, and then a Joan Jett and the Blackhearts t-shirt. I was obsessed with this song. You wanted them to Courtney Cox your ass like Bruce Springsteen did. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like that's where the idea came from. It came. It was because of you. Listen, it come. It, it went out into the universe. Hey, Bruce, he's nothing at the time, and he's like, wait, something just popped in my head. Yeah. Casey, video I didn't know that, but yes, I can see that. You put it out in the universe, and Bruce, he just stole can it. Can you imagine how many things I've invented? Hey, how many things have I invented? Unbelievable. That, you need to start getting residuals from the shit. Hmm. So what else you have on this list? Let's see here. So that so 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 interesting. Calling on you by Striper. Oh my God. So again, so I love rock and roll would take you through to the childhood. Striper would be my my teens. Oh, yeah, bring it home. So I would wait and watch MTV's top 10 countdown, the videos. Mm -hmm. And Striper, Calling on You, was number one for, it just seemed like an eternity. Carrie, I would stand in front of that. So, I mean, not for nothing, but they're a Christian rock band. And I didn't know that at the time. It doesn't have anything yeah. to do with it. It's a song about God, actually. Right. In, the, in their, they have uniforms. They're like yellow and black. They like dress like. Oh, Bumble. I remember this now that I'm Carrie, I'm Carrie. Oh, I'm telling you, I get chills down my, my back. Sometimes I just don't know it's there. Oh my. Oh yeah, get it. Oh, oh, get I'll, it. oh, I'll get it. But when I'm all alone, that's when I have. Now this next one, I can totally see. I oh mean, yeah. I mean, if you didn't have the Simon and Garfunkel one on here, I'd think something. Well, Paul Simon is is easily oh, oh yeah 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 yeah. So, so Paul, so Simon and Garfunkel mm. and Dave Matthews, I can't even hear nope. without thinking of you yeah. totally. Every word they've ever written. These are men that understand pain. They understand death. Slow down, you, you move too fast. You got, got to make the morning last. Just kicking down the cobblestones. Looking for fun and feeling groovy. Ba -da 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 -da. Feeling groovy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, so I, I, I connected with Paul Simon 
you know, I can remember daydreaming at dad's. Again, just you, I've always said these, you know, as you know, my brain has no left side. It's 100% right side. So always daydreaming, thinking. And it was just the thought of ever, ever seeing Simon and Garfunkel, who had broken up years before. And, and, and the, you know, as the story is, is told, that there was no way they were ever getting back together. And, the, and then years later, we went, oh, my God. And we saw them play uh-huh. in that reunion concert. It was unbelievable. I, t- I mean, they were so for good. anybody who's watching on YouTube, I mean, the hair is standing up. It was the most. <laughs> those two men. And what, what, I, what I like to say, that boy can put words on paper. Uh-huh. Paul Simon. I did two college papers on songs he wrote trying to figure out who this kathy is was my, this is my oh yeah so speaking of kathy's oh, song yeah oh good god now listen i wrote a college paper arguing that, uh, that it's not objective that it was a fact this is the greatest love song ever written of the, rain. the greatest love song ever written you know one one love song i'll argue mm. that's up there mm. i'm not saying it's better mm-hmm mm. <laughs> Yeah, Peter, I mean this listen, one. Listen, all Carrie, I can think of, Peter Gabriel. She's upstairs in her room. It's hot. They have no air conditioning. This is the say anything. And her windows I, I'm open. Aware. John Cusack in the boombox. And all of a sudden, she just hears it, and she mm. looks out, and he's standing. That that is truly. Peter Gabriel. That's what yep. started my abs- absolute crush on John Cusack. Yeah. Oh. Iconic scene. Iconic. Interestingly enough, you you uh, I've read about this song being written by Peter Gabriel. And it's obviously it's interpretive. You know, artists say you can interpret it, but this is his. Um, he's talking about finding God. Yeah. And Bo- like Bono from you too. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. It's uh, yeah. I'm certainly. If you don't believe in God, believe in God. Anything in between, do you? I, I, I'm Captain Live and Let Live. However, Bono said on 60 Minutes, he said, all the great ones are either running toward God or away from God. And Andy Rooney said, you know, what makes you the authority to say it? And Bono said. Do you know my baby? He said, do you know who we are? He said, line them up. Meaning, I'm allowed to speak on what songwriters are writing about. Because I am telling you that line the bands up behind you two. You two could go around the world. So anyway, this right here, if you think about it from the perspective of love. Like a, like a, a woman that you yearn for. A heart. A love. Or yeah. You know, spiritual, whatever it is. Yeah. In your eyes, the light, the heat. I feel complete, you know. Right. Well, that was quite the intro. Mm-hmm. Casey Wandell. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome to the Carrie Croft Show. Jam and Jay Taylor, 92 Zoo, coming at you. That was, uh, that was Simon Garfunkel feeling groovy uh, behind a striper calling on you. And Peter Gabriel, in your eyes. Casey, it's so nice to have you here. Thanks, man. I, I'm I, honored actually, to be here. This yeah. is, you're, my, you're the first. What cameras do I look in? You, you can look. You know what, Casey? Look at them all. Just look at them all. Own them all. <laughs> Own them all. Wait, ready? Sit shooter. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm really pumped about this. I mean, I'm, I feel I'm super like um, you know I had to do zero research on this. I've been, re- <laughs> I've been I've been researching this my whole life. But you know, one thing that did come to me, yeah, mm-hmm. some memories kind of organically came to me mm-hmm. as I knew you were traveling here to mm-hmm. sit with me. Mm-hmm. And the one that that just hit me like a ton of bricks, I started to laugh. But then I also got that like kind of sadness in my in my stomach because mm-hmm. when I think about it, I I remember how. I felt when I saw it at the time. So you and I were probably, yes, we were wee big 
and the pony Weinst- keg. Or po- pony keg. Hey, watch it. Watch it. Don't steal my thunder. This is an awesome story. So we're in Lima. Mm-hmm. I'm probably, I would say, Man. no older than seven. Yeah, I was young. Which made you... Like four. <laughs> which made you about six. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Almost six. Uh-huh. And we're at the Pony Keg, which is anybody from L Town, you know what the Pony. What up, four one nine? Cupies. What up, big refinery? Up, I got you, tank plant. What's up, what up? I see you, dog. What up, Clyde Evans? You make it easy at the volume all the way. Ah, there's the safe. What's up, Keystone Me? What up, Key? What up, PD? Pete Dorley in the house. What up, dog? <laughs> Joe Caprella, keep on repping that Anheuser Busch, baby. <laughs> so anyway, we're at the Pony Keg, and it's this. T- I mean, the Pony Keg's as big as this table, legitimately. So they sell snacks, you know, liquor, whatever. And they had that big ice thing that was huge. It's an ice you machine. Could, you, but you know, you could open it. Mm-hmm. The bags so of ice. The big bags of ice. And so all of a sudden, <laughs> I'm just minding my P's and Q's in the in the aisle, probably looking at like, you know, wanting to get like a, you know, yeah. lollipop or whatever. And I hear this like. Some Twizzlers. Rah, rah. And I'm like, it was oh. it was kind of, you know, it was it was very insulated. But I was like, what is this noise? Can you do that? What was the noise? <laughs> and so I turn around. And you know how in your mind things are so different? Like in reality, mm-hmm. the 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 distance to get to you is probably this long oh my god but yeah. in my six seven year old mind mm-hmm. you're like there's this 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 long alley and there's my brother and he had stuck himself inside the ice That's thing the ice and you couldn't get out and you I were like the door your was face yeah. and i'm like dun, 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 dun. <laughs> chariots of fire and i mean dun, dun, i, dun, I dun, ran dun. over and i opened and i will tell you you know what i i was yeah. your, I, you know what i'm your hero yeah because from I, that <laughs> moment that's it is there a chance mom put me in the thing there actually might be <laughs> no. no she would have put me in there not you no, I, I must have been, you know, like anytime we're at the mall, like I was always playing inside the clothing racks and things. But we didn't see what, see, what had happened was, okay, for all of you wondering, what had happened was I was five mm-hmm. and I was in the ice machine and it kind of like that seal, like, like, like it would go like, 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 <laughs> you know, so that thing, like this, I was like, oh, shit, whoa, whoa, this ain't, hello, whoa, you know, couldn't push the door open because it was like vacuum sealed. Carrie's like, I got you. I was like, thank you. You know what this is really just making me think? (laughs) How did anybody in Lima ever think you had a Coke habit? I mean, (laughs) because I just don't oh get it. Oh, my God. Your energy level does not high match. On life, high on life, baby. Bliss on tap. Drink it in. Snort it up. Let's do, oh, a, let's do a shot. Let me do a shot. Okay, I'm ready. Oh, my God. So, Casey, how would you describe not only... <laughs> not only I mean, Doug Dorley. God bless Doug Dorley. R.I.P. Doug. I'm just telling yeah. you, Doug was the first one. Yeah. Do you understand that? What, they said you were... Yes. I lived... <laughs> I lived with him. This was post, oh no, I know. Po- but post college, yeah. Him and I were roommates. I was on WLIO Lima. Welcome back to the big board, everybody. I was a sportscaster for all of you. Out there That's wondering. probably shocking to people who are hearing <gasps> had, me for some, the first time. I had some delicious blonde highlights, <laughs> but I digress. And this is someone Doug Dorley. I'd known him since birth, and we were roommates. And we got into a little argument about God knows what. He goes, he goes, yeah, coming from the oh, I was telling me he needs a late. Doug, it's noon on a Monday. You just slow down on the Budweiser. Oh, yeah, coming from the biggest cokehead in Lima. And I went, what? What? He was, I go, he was, everybody knows. I go, wait a minute. 
What do you mean everybody knows? It, for all of you, what, what makes this story good is I've never even seen cocaine other than Scarface, the movie. Say hello to my little friend. You know, there's a lot of coke in that movie. Probably baking soda. Props. I've never seen cocaine. I've never tried cocaine. So this, this zest for life, this animation, this, this boisterous love of, of giving me comes naturally. Well, it comes and, from, from years of trauma. And ki- years oh. of trauma. Oh, save me. Save me. Wait, wait. The microphone's back on my forehead again. Hang on. Oh, there. I get but, um, But that's what makes it funny. Yeah, is no, the, is I know. It, absolutely. I mean, you know, although my doctor t- <laughs> my doctor says if you did cocaine, it actually calm you down probably because you're bringing me this. The opposite, right? Yeah. So explain for mm-hmm. people out there listening. Yeah. So we're 14 months apart. Yeah. And we are real different. We have some similarities, though, I feel like, in our personalities. But sure. I'd like to hear you describe in, in like a Reader's Digest version to give people who have like a short attention span mm-hmm. just kind of an idea of the two of us and how our personalities differ. The average human attention span is 2.8 seconds, so I've probably already lost you. We um, genetically, uh, I would... Uh, mm. <laughs> Hold on. Mm. I can't get... You're going to make me get a Charlie horse. Hang on. Well, I don't know how we're different. Jeanette, wait, hang on. It's, uh, there it is. Guys, can you hear me better now? It's in my eye socket. Wait. wait oh, there it is. <laughs> I mean, Carrie, this is going to be like crickets. When you go to look at downloads and view, like listenership, it's be like true. crickets. No, like, what not- happened? Tumbleweeds. <laughs> in the thunder rolls. Boom, boom, boom. In the thunder rolls. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, where were we? No. Genetics. Okay. The question. So yes. Carrie. Yeah. So Carrie, uh, as she, <laughs> she said, we're 14 months apart, which means, you know, I was the old whoopsie daisy right after she was born. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, how'd that happen? Um, so I came out and uh, turns out I'm one, I'd say 98% like my mother's genetic side of the family, the Newtons. And Carrie would present herself. More like my father. <laughs> okay. So we call it the Wondell and the Newton dichotomy. Okay. So Carrie has always, I've always looked up to Carrie. She's always been, as most of you who have had any experience with her whatsoever, Carrie is not only one of the most driven people, right? Like people use these words all the time, but I use them in specific timely ways. Okay. So I don't, everybody in this room, super driven. No, they're not. Okay. She is super driven. She's always been, here's what's interesting is that she's always been more mature. She's always been a step ahead of where she was in life age wise. So, you know, when we were in eighth grade, ninth grade, 10th grade, she, like all the older people, I'm just saying she was super cool. I was like, try like put my ear, like a cup up against her bedroom to hear like the music she was playing. I'm like, that song so good. We'll All the way from the star. <laughs> okay, but 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 yes. Yeah, so she so she has these traits of of organization and drive and focus. <laughs> I mean, look at this. I mean, look at this podcast. Look at the room we're in. I mean, so many people I know talk about. Okay, first of all, they talk about wanting to start something and maybe never do, or start something and then, as we all know, it's easy to fall off when things get challenging. <clears throat> and here we are. She um, started this podcast, and he, all of a sudden, she has these incredibly entertaining and, and unique and inspiring guests and conversation, and then moves from her house to this. Look at this. This room was made for me. This room was made for me. So, yeah. So, I 
Um, you know, I have always been this just very out there, hyperactive, super creative, wanting to, and I don't know, I, I, um, <clears throat> I've always, Carrie's always been a, a role model to me in all the ways that you need to be in life for sure. Um, getting back into the field of play, getting back onto the highway in between the boundaries. Oh, without a question, my, she's um, a Wandell through and through. And if you saw the different sides of our family, some, I, I told you the one time I asked dad, I'm like, I feel like I need a DNA test. <laughs> Remember that forehead of yours? There's no denying that. No, he didn't like that very much because I was like, I, I feel like, but that's how, but that's how at times our personalities are so different, which I'm sure we'll get into, you know, and it, you know, yeah. th- I mean, there's, there's conflict, there's, there's family conflict. And if my father sees my mother in me, you know, it just, he's a human being. Yeah. So yeah, we'll get into that. But I mean, I adore my parents. I adore you, but you for sure. I mean, I'm telling you, it'd be neat to see your perspective of me as the little punk, little brother, little tattletale, whatever it is. But man, you've always just been larger than life. And, um, I mean, the system of strength, SOS, just how you look. I've told you this before, you know, a lot of people, um, you know, you're what? 57, 58? Yeah, 57. <laughs> That's our thing. I'm 36, 57. But most people aren't at the peak of their beauty. Like right now. They just, they just aren't. You know, take a look at this catcher's mitt of a face. I mean, it looks like somebody took a catcher's mitt out of their basement from 1974, spit in, oil, oiled her up. Okay. Okay. Caught about 15, 16 good innings later on the table. And there you go. Put a big mug on it right there. Put a big wig, big giant forehead. You could sublease for drive-in movies. Anybody need a drive-in movie theater? <laughs> Right here. Come on. Throw it on there. I'll sit still for two hours. No, I won't. Suck it up. Okay. But yeah, so there you go. So it, it, it is interesting. I wonder if anybody would ever think that we're brother and sister <clears throat> just by the way we look or our mannerisms together. I think yes. Mm. Because, okay, so you've described me. Um, yes, you are a lot like the Newtons. Mm. I'm a lot like the Wandells. So I've had to sort of round off my edges as I've gotten older. Mm. And I think you had to sort of toughen your edges. Mm. That's the way that I kind of sure. describe it. But as you look up to me, I look up to you too. Because yeah. um, I'm one. Well, but in, all, but in all seriousness, going back to what, what you said earlier about you're either running toward God or away from God, mm. you know, I know that you've had a lot of internal struggle throughout your life. Yeah. I mean, you've, you've, you've suffered, mm. you know, and, that, that, and to me, that's been very hard to watch you not like you. You know, because when, when I would look at you, I'm like, God, there's so much to love there. There's so much, you know, you can light up a room. You can, you own it. Well, you just you're turn so, the light switch on. Well, no, you know what I'm saying. Like, you're, you're, you're so creative and so talented. <laughs> you can just absolutely, you can just wrap the whole room around your energy. Mm-hmm. But you did not like you no. for a really long time, I think. I'm not sure. You know, I still struggle with that. Well, I think we all do to an extent. Mm-hmm. But... For a while there, mm-hmm. you were running away from God. So, geez. Yeah. And I think your turn. I wrote God out of my wedding vows because I thought it was funny. Literally wrote God out of the wedding vows because I thought it would be funny. Like, huh, this will be funny. Watch yeah. people in the crowd react to this because I'm super funny and everyone loves me. Bitter, cynical, to your mm-hmm. point, angry, golly. I mean, so. And our relationship definitely struggled. Sure. I think your relationship with everyone, Everybody. but the one that matters the most is the relationship with you that struggled. And that was the hardest. That's and at the time, that's though, where it starts. Yeah. but at the time I didn't have the wisdom. I was more not. like, what the fuck's going on here? I know. But your turn mm-hmm. and your running to God has yeah, been sure. such a... I mean, to say that I'm proud, to say that I'm in awe, to say that I am just 
so thrilled and overjoyed. I'm not crying. I've told myself driving, driving down here, I'm not crying today. You don't have to cry. But I, don't, I, I don't. I'm joking. But, I don't have to. I'm just saying. You, like, I get, do, I'm super. No, I know. I know. I, I was tearing I, up. I, yeah. As your older sister, yeah. who you have always sort of looked up to, I just look up to, you know, your turn and into like, I know you still struggle, but like looking at yourself for who you are, not for who other people yeah. think you are, want you to be. It's like, who the fuck am I and who do I want to be walking through the world? Yeah. So maybe a good place for us to start mm-hmm. since, you know, we can't go, we can go back, but it's like, mm, I think we start with where things started to started to sort of unfold for you in the negative way sure. when you were married mm-hmm. and you were drinking and you were gambling. Let's sure. just start with sure. who you were yeah. there in sort of a nutshell. Well, so yeah, I was married. Right. And, 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 and um, I drank like a normal person, as they say, you know, I mean, you know, you drink like a normal person, which by the way, for those of you out there, I'm going on, I'm in my eighth year of sobriety. So January will be eight years, but, um, you know, I never, uh, I just drank, you know, who, who, who doesn't drink 15 Miller lights and, and, you know, and a shot of Jack on a Saturday with their buddies. I and mean, who doesn't, you know, that's what you do. And yeah, the gambling comes from, you know, I got that honest as well when we were younger and I, I, um, I spent a lot of time with with someone who it would in my sphere of influence. I mean, somebody who I thought was, you know, um, in in my life. I mean, pretty close to God at the time, and that's what that, that was what I was around. So yeah, going into college and then into my adult life, yeah, just you know, you're just gambling on sports and just what you did. And now looking back, you know, because I don't, I mean, I'm, I don't gamble, I don't drink, and now looking back. You, you just think you just don't realize the bandwidth you don't realize the time the it's a cumulative effect right when you look back on what happened to my marriage or what, what was going on those were two of the most i mean they were just as toxic and awful as they possibly could have been and before i knew it I was waking up in one of your rooms with a post-it on my forehead saying, get out, cheese it crumbs and fruity pebbles on my cheeks. But yeah, you know, I, I was um, married and divorced and I had no business being married. And uh, it, 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 there was nothing about me at the time that was worth anything to any humans, to be honest with you. I gave her a lot of credit for hanging in there as long as she did, frankly. Yeah. You know, I don't know what happened, Care. I, I, uh, was uh went to Ohio State as, as you know I mean I've always felt like I was you know pretty on top of things pretty you know uh, social like people like me I like people I, I I turned into something different I can remember I can remember literally thinking to myself like we'd be invited to a party and I'd be like I'm not going there those people I mean I'm literally literally too I'm, I'm too good I, I'm not going there they'd be lucky to have me I mean who says that it makes me want to drive thinking about that you know and um. You know, it, it all ended exactly the way you think it would end. My wife found love from somebody else. Mm-hmm. And at the time, you know, I, as you know, and I, and I went and moved in with you and Brady and God bless you both. You know, I mean, it just what a, what, just looking back now, how hard that, that just how challenging that would have been for you guys. I was so hurt and lost angry my god that i resented mom i resented dad i mean my wife was this cheating whore this 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 
disgusting, vile monster, and the person she was with was this, this, this awful homewrecker. And if anybody, hell, I couldn't say her name. If anybody said her name around me for a year, I mean, I would just start throwing a freaking fit. And thank, thank God, thank God, you know, I started going to therapy, and I met the guy Mark at O'Charlie's, bellied up every day. Mark was the one that sat next to me and said, "Looks like." You, you might need a friend. And I was like, hey, pal, I don't go that way. He was like, oh, no, no, no. And he pulled his tattoo out like he was a, a sniper in the Marine. Like he, had to, he was like, I'm, I'm actually here to talk to you about your faith. You know, I've been watching you here. I've been sitting right across the bar from you because he lost a bunch of weight. He was eating tilapia every night. He goes, I've been watching you for weeks. You've never looked up once. And that's how my faith, that's how my, my walk with spirituality started. And I got rebaptized and, um, you know, Bible study and, uh, I have a really interesting, you know, I'm a very spiritual person now. I'm um, very, con I'm connected. I've got scripture tattooed all over my body. And the, that's when the therapy started as well. And um, the therapist that I really, I'm still with today, uh, connected with, and he said, you know, if you want to come in here and call your wife a whore, you can, and I'll take your money. Okay. I mean, it's expensive, but I've been listening to it now for about, you know, five, six weeks. If that's what you want to do, I'll, I'll do it. But I don't feel really good taking money. You know, is she a whore? I go, what do you mean? <laughs> what do you mean? Was well, she a sex worker? Did she have sex for money when you married her? I was like, no. He goes, okay, then. When you walk down the aisle, is that what you thought about her? I was like, no. He goes, well, maybe we should start looking as simple and trite as this sounds. Mm -hmm. Actually, you're the one I caught this from. One, you said, one time you said, you know, self-awareness is a lost art. I heard you say that and it really resonated because you hear people say things, you know, oh, I'm aware, self-awareness. You know, hmm. <laughs> I would challenge people to really try because when you get in there, boy, like it feels like this light mm -hmm. on your face. You're like, <laughs> I mean, you're going to get uncomfortable. I, I vomited a couple times in sessions. You're going to get very uncomfortable because there's blemishes. There, there's, there's nerves you're going to hit, but man, I mean, she wasn't a whore. No. No, not even close. You know, and, I, and, and the things that I did, the things that I did and how I reacted, my God, that's, as me and my friends call it, the asshole tax I have to pay. Yeah. My relationship with her, my step, my stepdaughter at the time, you know, the things that I did, you, know, we, we, you and I both have a mutual friend going through something similar right now. And, and I just tell him, I'm like, listen to me, please. Ten, the, the person 10 years down the line, I wish it'd be so nice to have a relationship. Like, Hey, but I, I ruined that. Mm -hmm. You know, all I can do now is walk this current path. And when I rose from the ashes, I had a choice. And this is what's interesting because we see humans who have never moved past that 30 years down the line. They're still you can see it. And by the grace of God, I don't know why, because I alienated everybody, me, mm -hmm. me. There was, there was no close. I was, everyone owed me. I was so angry. And one day I, it was, I can either continue to live the way I was or I can start living for other people. I can start living where everything I do is about selflessness and kindness and empathy and grace and understanding and giving and joy. And Carrie, I feel like I've really talked to her for a long time, but I'm, I'm telling you, I wouldn't, and you saw me in those days, man. I can remember you sit, look, sitting there looking at me at the kitchen table at your house like, 
like it's like Casey, you just I can see you like like trying to break through this, you know. But I can remember thinking. I mean, I'm telling you, I, could, I just couldn't even in my own. And that's when the drinking really got heavy. Mm-hmm. I mean, super heavy. Driving around with the whiskey under my driver's seat, taking the ambience at night. I called it magic time. Like there was like 30 minutes where I could just not know anything was going on. And that's where that real, I start really leaning in on the hard liquor and never in a million years, Carrie, would I ever think that I'd be in this place. I have nothing but forgiveness and joy for her and him. Not one ounce of resentment. I mean, and that's something that you, that's something that you, that's a running river at all times. It's it's something I, I just am. And if I I ever saw him, I mean, you God bless y'all. And that's the truth. A lot of people are like, no, 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 but no, no, no. I want, I, God, I love that. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Because it's also like drinking poison and expecting someone else to die. I mean, sitting with resentment and hatred and all the bad feelings, it only truly internalizes and, and harms you. They don't care. But it's hard. Oh, for sure. It's hard. You know, and, and, and what's even harder for people is to actually take the mirror. Yeah. No, I'm telling you. <laughs> take the mirror and just look at it. I know. You know, and you were you were able to do that, yeah. and by the grace of God, I mean, I was, you know, clearly like I didn't know what was going to happen there. It was a very scary time, yeah. very rock bottom time. I feel like for our family. Well, I, I went mean, to the, was, remember I went to the hotel room with with I mean with intentions of with bad intentions, and yeah. had I not been afraid of guns and knives, I'm afraid of guns and, and knives and, and storms. And storms. That's true. But I, you know, I mean, that was you know, I mean, listen. Yeah. No, I. I you, you know. I, I, can you imagine? I, I mean, I, 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 I could. Yeah, I went. I, I yeah, that that's where I was. Mm-hmm. You know, six billion, seven billion people on the earth, whatever. And I was so alone. I felt so alone. You know, and from nobody's uh, fault of my except my. I went to Wapak, Ohio. I went to the Motel Six at Wapak, Ohio on a Friday night with a bunch of pills and and booze. And the ladies, I remember the lady goes, oh, "Somebody's having a party," and I was like, "Yeah, yeah, something like that." You know, and boy, I woke up that next morning, you know, because I mean, I just, you know, whatever. It took way too much of everything. I remember waking up like my face was on the dirty ass carpet and housekeeping. I just, that's when I called mom. Mm-hmm. And I was, I couldn't, I took care. I couldn't, you know, I couldn't, I, I wanted to rip my skin off. I was so uncomfortable. I, I, I wanted to just, I couldn't, oh. And that's when I mm-hmm. got checked into St. Rita's. And um, that was the talking to the moonlight. Yeah. That was the talking to the moonlight when um, I was in that room. And I was like, man, and I, the moon at the time, like I, I would, to, I mean, to, to describe this as, as fear would be an understatement. To describe it as anxiety, I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm in one of those rooms, you know, um, by myself, like on the floor, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, like a, psychi- a psychiatric uh, facility where you check in and you can't leave. You're wearing the pajamas, and um, man, I mean, I'm telling you, it's just like this light right here. And you've heard me tell the story, but it's true, you know. If you know, cynics can say, well, it's just the moon. Well, I'm aware of that, jackass. But okay. But but he, he just stood, he just sat there right in that little square, right up there. There's like the little, like a little one by one foot window right there in this moon. And, I, and I, it was like a flashlight, you know? And I was, and I was shivering. She took my, my blood pressure was a mess. Um, something over 220. It was bad. And I remember looking at the moon and I remember start, I started to cry. But yeah, I started to laugh. And I started to feel like this peace. And I started talking to them out loud. <laughs> I was in a crazy room, so I might as well, you know what I'm saying? And I said, I deserve this, don't I? 
you know, that's what I said out loud. I deserve it. How? You know, and it's okay. And, and that was the moment that I knew that I had to get out of that facility and I, and I wanted to live. But it wasn't the end of my drinking. But that was the moment I knew it was like, okay, I, I, I am at least worthy of living my life. And there was something that came over my heart, my soul, that was, we need to start walking. Okay, this is going to be a rough walk. But you're getting out of there. And we're going to start walking. And that was the beginning, talking to the moonlight. That was a crowd. That was a wild, man. Well, then, mm. you know, so mm. you end up getting connected with title boxing. Mm. And as next, a customer. Yeah, as a customer. Next mm. thing you know, you are like their number one franchisee in the country. Yeah. In the which world. is in the world. In the world. Who's counting? I mean, so, like, <laughs> so you, you know, here you are with. Wait, hang on. I had a moment. What were you saying? Wait, that's my nose. I'm sorry. The mic, the microphone was on my nose. I don't know if you guys can see that. So you go from talking mm. to the moon in the psych ward. Yeah. Yep. Fast forward. I got evicted. Well, it, rightfully we need, so. Right. So well, okay. No, t- listen, but uh, but I went up to that yes, apartment yes. that just coincidentally, coincidentally, I don't believe in coincidence. By the way, it was right. Ac- it was right across the street from that test kitchen. That they they just opened one there just to test it out. And I carry. I used to drive by that thing going, ah, the place sucks. What title? And yeah. Like, who's going to go boxing? Like, I remember coming to us, I was like, boo, boo. Like, I'm booing outside of my window. Like, like an idiot. Like, that place sucks. Well, hold on. So, yeah, just yeah. real quick. Yeah. You, I did evict you from our house. Mm-hmm. So, Nettie and I. Oh, yeah. I was like, oh. we got to call, oh. get him an apartment. Yep. You were asleep because you had just, no. I mean, like, it I was. not sleep. I was passed so out. You know what I'm saying? What I say on the post-it note, you woke up. Get out. <laughs> get two words. Very classic Carrie Croft, everybody. Direct and to the point. Get out. And I was like, oh, this can't be for me. <laughs> Must be for somebody else living here. I cheese it on my face because so, I mean I'm like pass out like this. Okay, so you go, you get your shit together. You're well, the, well, yeah, yeah. You're but, the number one franchise. Went in and took the first my first yes. wor- my first boxing workout. And again, something there was something about it. And then I start going twice a day, losing weight, getting healthy. And I'm telling you, man, could not live without that process. Mm-hmm. True. But I mean, how incredible is that? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, you say this about me, like, look at this room and mm-hmm. I'm so driven and all this. I mean, yeah. you go from being in the psych ward yeah. in this low of the lows. I had pooped my pants. Too. Right. You pooped your pants. I had poop. Which I was glad you didn't mention. But of course, you have to go go there with the poop. People, well, I mean, they, they need that visual. My often, I think my, so. People, hey, open book here. That you then yeah. were able to, yeah. you know, run that business mm-hmm. and make it the, the success that it has been. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. Um, not really sure. Again, uh, unless there's some greater love and purpose. Now we all make choices. Don't get me wrong, but uh, it seems it, it's interesting because I remember my bank account was negative sixty three dollars or something, and my dear, dear, awesome brother of a friend, but he's like my brother, Andy Wolfing, mm-hmm. and I, at the time I was living in his house, and you know he was you know, Andy got oh man, is he an awesome dude? But um, I just told him I'm like you know I I, I I, need, I want to open one of these. Like, I mean, I just, had not, I, I wasn't even thinking about money. I, I just, what it was doing for me. And Andy Wolfing, and he's like, oh, so we have to figure something out, you know? And we drove, we have any, I didn't have any money, and borrowed his uh, Honda Civic, drove to Kansas City, you know, and met the, his name was Tom Lyons. And I went there, Carrie. <laughs> I remember 
He's like the Jerry Jones of Kansas City. I went there without a pot to piss in or a window to throw it out of. And I wore my title T-shirt. And I sat in his, his office. was you know, awesome. Like a house. like a, And I was just like, I got to do this. And he goes, this makes me happier than a three-peckered billy goat. And I go, I, I don't, I don't. I don't know what that means. Yeah, to this day, I don't. He goes, I'm going to let you. I'm going to let you do this. I go, okay. Now, the second part, <clears throat> it costs you know, $35,000 just, yeah. just to have your territory. And again, negative $60 at the time. And I said to him, I go, the second part is, you know, <laughs> can I borrow some money? <laughs> and he goes, oh, son, you've done the hard part. Finding money is the easy part. I'll get out of here and go do it. I go find a way. You've done the hard part getting here. I'm, I'm inspired. By, like you have nothing. You have no, I had no business being there. I had no The other people that were there were doctors, lawyers, investment brokers. And I went to Cleveland. Remember, I'd never been to Cleveland in my life. A lot of people don't know that in the Cleveland area. I went to Cleveland because the Polaris store, which I eventually took over from this guy, he was, in my opinion, bad representation for what the title boxing club spirit, what it is, and, you know, I mean, you couldn't ask for a better customer than me. I couldn't get a hello. I couldn't get a, you know, he was very odd to me. And I just, honestly, I, not to be too cheesy, but I felt like it was a, something that I loved and adored and it deserved more. And I, and I asked him if I could open Cleveland and I went up to Cleveland, never been there. I mean, I went to the Browns game once or twice. But I was up there in the Panera Bread management. Let me sit in that Panera Bread and hand out <laughs> one at a time. I was that guy. Hey, hey, I'm opening this thing. And, and I don't know, man. I opened and it all came together. And yeah, I mean, the red, I've had eight, eight of them. The largest franchise owner in the United States and in, in the world. That's something that's unique to me. That's something no one can ever take away. I've sold uh, two of them. One of them right there in Powell I sold. And then... um yeah, six. We have two of them right now currently re, uh, re, uh, moving locations, and then four that are functional. It's been a carry. I mean, to say it's, I don't even know. How to, <laughs> I don't even really know how to describe it. Mm -hmm. But it's been pretty cool, man. No, it's it's very commendable. You know, something else about you that I've always admired is like, so you can pick up the guitar and you can just play. You taught yourself mm -hmm. to, to to play the guitar, mm -hmm. and then literally like three months ago when you were looking for like how you know TikTok and how do I get on TikTok and mm -hmm. all this, I'm like, remember those drawings? Those Calvin and Hobbes. Casey used to draw these like little Calvin and Hobbes things like on a mm -hmm. a greeting card or something, and I Every just remembered they were really cute. And I just said to him three months ago, like mm -hmm. you used to draw, like maybe you should like mm -hmm. draw some like like real like you know how you speed things up, make some drawings. And now all of a sudden your drawings are like ridiculously good. <laughs> Thanks. It's unbelievable. It's very talented. The Casey is the name of it. And now you're draw doing drawings on TikTok. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. No, I, it, no one can pick up. Weird. I can't even make a stick figure. <laughs> Again, going back to what I said about uh, compliments, and um, it's hard for me to take compliments. It, it really is. I struggle so badly with, you know, thinking I suck at everything. Like, oh, I'm a fraud. And um, just, I mean, I don't know. I mean, just last night I finished a picture for uh, Brooke awesome awesome friend and um uh she used to be the chief marketing officer for the franchise of title boxing but that i digress but i i did her bulldog that has people and i've never drawn dogs before you know and it's interesting and i got done with this thing at like 1 40 in the morning because i have this weird thing when i start i can't stop and it took me 
and her response, it's just, it's just like my heart melts. And when I send it to her or when I post it, I'm like, is this thing any, by the time I'm done drawing, I'm like, I'm like, ugh, you know, how many, if, you know, if, how many times have I asked that like, Carrie, is this postable or, um, but yeah, apparently people have, yeah, I'm turning it into like a, I've got, yeah, people are ordering. Yeah. It's wild. People are, are it's going to be like a, it's like a business. Like a people, I've got like 150 requests. It's crazy. No, that's <laughs> awesome. I want you to do a little art installment in here. Yeah, I'm going to. Picasi. It's really interesting how you can be from the same family, mm-hmm. same genetic, you know, makeup and just be very, very different. Mm-hmm. So do you feel... Going back to sort of the rough times, the self-loathing, the internal battle that you had with yourself. Mm. Do you think if you would have, if mom and dad would have been, you know, if you would have been in a nuclear family and, you know, dad would have came home every day with his briefcase and everything. Do you think that like that would have dramatically changed everything? Or do you think that part of it is just sort of who your genetic makeup and who you are? Um, yeah, our, yeah, our genetics don't aren't everything no right um our path is our path i i I get it's interesting you hear you know what ifs you know what if you turn left at albuquerque like your bugs bunny always says but it's interesting that we didn't and dad didn't come Mm -hmm. home with his briefcase and right wrong or indifferent mom and dad divorced and this was back in the day and age where communication was through rotary phones and if you had a bad divorce, if you had a tumultuous divorce, um, you know, even if you wanted to communicate with your kids at a high level, you know, the, the ex-wife or whoever had custody of the kids could make it very challenging. So therefore, I don't have a lot of memories of dad um, at all, frankly, growing up. And I'm a, I'm a boy, you know, I'm a man. So it's not to blame dad, but the reality is I had to learn things from other influences and uh you know i didn't have a north star i didn't have you know somebody like the scott van allman is to me now mm-hmm. you know scott van allman and grandpa mm-hmm. i talk about grandpa all the time that short time i lived with him mm-hmm. which is our dad's dad i i think about him all the time you know and i, I lived him for six months and at the time the lessons the things he was saying to me and he knew he's like these aren't going to be fruitful for a while if ever but i'll be watching you know and now i think about those things um but scott van allman was the first one he took me under his wing like a mentor like a friend like a brother he and i'm just i i those types of things these tools these gifts that you that are given to you in your path it's up to you as to what you do with them you know who are you listening to what your mind is a precious powerful it, it it's so precious and miraculous but it's beyond powerful it's beyond anything we can understand be careful with what you let in there who are you listening to and why how is it influencing you and don't tell me that it's not because it is i mean if carrie if you know m- m- carrie sees me differently than i see carrie of course i mean our perceptions are different i'm the younger brother she you know i may not be her mentor but she has one she has someone who she can go to and say, I need to tell you something. And, and they will hear you and help you to the best of their ability. And then you, in turn, accept that as 
truth as what you believe to be the right thing. Scott Van Allen is that for me. And um, yeah, I mean, of course my story would have been different had I had a dad. I mean, throwing a football and going fishing and learning how to, hell, I didn't know what a damn socket wrench was till I was 35 years old. <laughs> I still don't know. But um, yeah, I mean, of course it would have been different, but our, our family, it it, it is what it's what it was it's our story it's our picture and you were there you know i had you Mm -hmm. even in the times where going into your room was off limits but i've always i always had you you know it didn't matter if it didn't matter if we were the you know carrie and i weren't weren't very close and i mean you were siblings we're brother and sister i'm the little brother we weren't thick as thieves when in, in high school and grade school but i had you like you were stability you were stability to me. Now looking back, you know, when I was twelve, would I say, "Yeah, she's stability"? No, I mean, whatever. But you were, mm-hmm. you know, I wasn't an only child. Okay, you were right there with me, yeah. always. I always knew, like it was weird, like you, your room was always, you know, we always had rooms close to each other, and you, we didn't. Again, you didn't, we weren't talking like best friends all the time. But man, looking back, that that was stability I needed because we didn't, you know. I didn't have anywhere else. And my mind developed later. You know, I was, I was like a f- butterfly just fluttering around. But then also having a mom, mm-hmm. I think, who struggled mm-hmm. herself yeah. with, I would say, mental mental illness mm-hmm. of some sort. Mm-hmm. Whether it's depression, anxiety. Mm-hmm. I don't know if we still got our finger on exactly what that was. but Or it, is. Or is. Yeah, is. Yeah. Um, you know, I do think having one parent present and strong and, you know, into it. But then in mom's defense, you know, and I've talked about this on the podcast before, when you get remarried and you have other children with your new partner, you have other children with your new partner and parents out there who just have their kids and no kids from another marriage or relationship. It's hard enough. How the hell was mom to even know what was going on when she's got two young children, right? So like, that's a whole different dynamic mm-hmm. when I look back on it. Cause I'm like, where was she? Mm-hmm. Well, she was, <laughs> I, that's truly what I think. I, I, I feel like, I, where was she? I know. So, so she was probably caring for DJ and Alex. <laughs> and then you're in your room oh trying God. to knock on my door. All I wanted for myself was, you know, those love songs <laughs> I had with Pete Williams when he was my boyfriend at the time. Remember that song? To win back your love again. I will be there. You're like, what is this song? I want to hear it. I'm like, you can't have this song. It's mine. (laughs) My therapist and I, you talk about the joy. It's like the catcher in the rye with me. I'm I'm, I'm so desperate to get, I'm telling you when it comes to me and self-worth and value. No. That's it's brutal, but giving it to others, people around me knowing how incredible they are. It's a byproduct of the little boy inside of me that simply never received that. I wish I could give you some of mine. Some of your what? Your good looks? I'd like that no, too. No, I'm being serious. I think about that. Like I know how much you struggle. Mm. And no one would ever think that. No, well, it's just, it's. You know, I know how much you struggle with yourself sometimes. And do you feel like this self-worth, self-love journey 
do you feel like that that you're building that muscle more or do you feel like it's something that kind of you have to like build yourself up and then like let's say you get around certain people in certain circumstances that trigger you and you start to feel those feelings like do you feel like it's getting better or is it just something that's going to be the way it is and you have to manage it? I don't think I, I think it's something that's going to be the way it is. It's not like a skill like carpentry or something that you can um, get better at because I guess at the heart of that would be a self kind of like I'd have to I, I, everything about it. You know, hey, figure out how to think you're great. I mean, for lack of a better term, I think it's my humility now. I used to think I was great. I mean, I used to really think I was the shit. The bee's knees. Isn't say. it okay to think you're great though? Not the way I did. Right. In an arrogant not sort the, of. Not like the way I did. Un, yes. Self-aware. It is okay to think you're great. Yes. Yes. Um, you know, words, different words mean different things. The way I thought, I really thought I was, um, boy, Carrie. I mean, I really had a, Carrie, you talk about, we talk about self-awareness. Folks, try to get to like a three out of 10. Right. And let me retract. Maybe mm-hmm. it's not thinking you're great. I know what you're, you're saying. But maybe it's just being okay Loving with my, yourself and lo- not no, having to no. be self-deprecating yep. and make excuses and mm-hmm. look look to other people for yeah. approval. Because the way yeah. that I am, which yeah. I know is so opposite, yeah. I I have this approach where I'm like, okay, mm. when people it's amazing. when people are afraid of like what others think and mm. what others feel. Of course I feel that way. Of course yeah. you want to be accepted and yeah. and like the difference is though, I think to myself, well who first of all, who the fuck are they? And what's mm. their resume? Yeah. What are they doing? Let's take inventory of they to see if they even have even any qualifications yeah. for me to give a fuck. Like that's truly the way mm. I feel. And I, I mean, so I just you know, I think it's okay to You have always been that way. It's a gift you have. For those of you like me, there's there's days and there have been days recently there's that I really really struggle getting out of bed. I struggle. It's not when I was in pharmaceuticals, the depression doctors say it's the you have the skill not the will. It's not it, it's not lazy. You know, people just get up, just just get up and and just get up and dominate the day, seize the day. Mm-hmm. It doesn't work like that with people who really are fractured inside. What people like this need are people like me to say, I am in the hole with you. So definition of empathy would be someone down in a deep hole. Sympathy is standing at the corner or standing at the edge going, oh man, it really sucks that you're in that hole. Empathy is climbing down and sitting next to the person in the hole and going, hey man, I totally get this. I totally get it. And those people need to know that there's people like me. That's why I'm so open with all my pain and all my suffering. And I'm so open. I said, Carrie, you know this. I, people every day, it's like I can see light bulbs going off and they are attracted to me. They're like, you're so courageous saying that. I'm like, no, I'm not. But thank God it's helping you. Something Did something resonate? Talk to me. And they'll say, I, I did that. You know, I, I was drinking a lot too. It's okay. You are so, I'm so flawed and fracked. Trust me, our dad. Our dad struck I me. Mean, there's one person in the world that's never laughed at one of my jokes. It's our dad. I mean, I mean, he just. <laughs> okay, I'm, we just have butted heads. Everything. He just because I have so much of mom in me. But for years, I just was like, okay, I'll fight back, fight, fight. Like I didn't understand what was going. He's got a little boy inside of him too. Mm-hmm. He has pain and hurt too, and he struggles with that dichotomy with me. Okay, but I'm not. But I'm not. I can't change the way I am. 
I, I wanted, I used to want to change to be accepted by him. Okay. Now I so, I, I love what I am, what people see. I love people seeing all the flaws. I, I love talking about being sober and I love all the crazy, just this crazy stories that I have because I'm telling you, it. those are the people. Then they feel better. I get the chills. And once you feel better, then you can get up. Like you just can't right. strong arm no. to be. I don't, I don't respond that way. No, I, I respond it, by were, watching you. Yeah, if it were that easy, no, no, everybody I'm, would But just... I'm just saying, you have a gift. Don't you got to remember when you're around these people, system of strength and your clients and all, you know, like grandpa would say, humans don't show their wounds. I won't show you their wounds. You got to You got to search for them. And boy, is he right. You don't see anybody on Instagram or, or, or social media. You don't see anybody going, hey, take a look at me right here. I'm in jail. Do you No, it's, it's it, you know, hey. <laughs> here's, my jail se- hey here's my jail selfie. selfie. Hey, hey, from the Walpock Motel 6. Hey, oh, hey, how about some pills? Hey, that's not how it works. What, back to what you said about you and dad, though, because mm-hmm. what I noticed, your your relationship with dad's very interesting to me. Mm-hmm. Like anybody's, you know, when you're on the outside of something mm-hmm. and you kind of know the people, mm-hmm. I do think you, your inner child just dials up when you're around him. And so, like, not as much anymore. No, you you've worked on it. You've, Absolutely, you've worked have. on toning it down. Absolutely, big time, have yeah, yeah which yeah. I think is good. And that's yeah. more like because for him, I think that you know that that's just you guys have such a. It's kind of like it's different than mom and I for sure. It's my dad, and I'm a boy, and a boy needs his dad's approval. Oh yeah, needs his dad's approval. And you know, I was a mom's boy. I but why don't I need moms? You do. I think it, you've always known that you've had it. No, you're right. It's different. And now completely it's, different circumstances. And now it's, it's, it's almost it's, reversed. Yeah, it's different circumstances. Right, right, right. No, you're, it's totally you right. Follow, you're I mean, right. I mean yeah. you, listen, you're, you are at a high level. Like you are, you are, you're, God, Dane is so lucky. And you're. Oh, thanks. Oh. That's all I care oh, about is, you know, Carrie. is being able to be a good And I, you know, and I see this with, you know, Matt Sebecki, Ryan Seitz, um, uh, Brian Cattini, Joe, our generation, my great, very close friends. Are such incredible fathers. Oh my God. They are so in tune. They are so, they're not afraid to be connected emotionally and to ask and to be there. I, I highly recommend everybody go to AA meetings, one or two, even if you don't drink, because some of the greatest one liners, some of the greatest experience are in those rooms. And uh, this remi- that reminds me of what this guy would say, you know, hey, my name is Bob and I'm alcoholic. I just wanted to say, remember, ain't nothing like pouring liquid depression on top of depression. It don't end well. <laughs> I pass. And Dave, you, know, you yeah. know, suffer with depression. You know, hey, hey, so do I probably. I mean, who knows? But yeah. when you pour liquid depression on top of it, things get squirrely real quick. And alcohol is a uh, sneaky, subtle, f- sexy thing. It's now I feel like I'm unplugged from the Matrix. I see it now from a different perspective. It's almost like I see the devil going. <laughs> no one else knows. I'm like, I know it's right. It's crazy. It's crazy how 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 embedded it is in everything, and it brings out the worst in everybody. Everything, all the time, everything. My God, my ugliest moments, my ugliest days were when I was blackout drunk. I said, it's just all this pain and depression and hurt coming out at you coming out of dad coming out of just like oh, i mean just the, the, the humiliating to even think about but my god you know i haven't sent one apology text in almost eight years not one like <laughs> whoops i dig it man so you're on tiktok doing your sober journey too yeah and, oh yeah so, so yeah i think that for people out there who want to follow you yeah 
It's just Casey Wandel, right? That's right. The Not Today Express, baby. What's up now? Choo-choo. The conductor of the Not Today Express, because that's how it starts. So if anybody out there is struggling with the old booze, trust me when I tell you, I know it's not something you just want to walk into a room and tell people. Okay? So go ahead and feel free to throw me a message. Get on TikTok, Instagram. I'm telling you, man. I'm here for you. But I'm telling you. I've responded over. I, I can't tell you how many. People just need a word of encouragement. That's what I do. Like Tommy Boy, baby. It's a clip on, you think? All right, Case. So so you think people are going to want you to come back on the show? You think this is going to be one of many? Is this? That's perfect. Is it positioned properly? I think that's perfect. (sighs) I mean, I would would, uh, (laughs) ask people out there who just feel like they just got a taste of Casey. Send me a DM. Like, let me know what else you want to hear from this guy because I f- have a feeling he might he might be a cameo. <laughs> he might just be a cameo. Is this? Are you rap? Are we done? Okay. Yeah. Fun. This has been. This has been. A lot. I, I've actually. Um, I've had a blast here. Good. I'd love. Uh, you know, they got a taste. They got a taste. If a little they, nibble. They got a little nibble. Now they're going to be. They're going to they, be. If they want more, they know where to find it. Okay. Let Kerry Croft know. <laughs> Get that Casey Wendell back in here. We need Casey Wendell. Casey. Hey, Casey, Casey. Casey. All right, Case, I love you. Right on. I love you too very much. And I congratulations am, on all this, man. I'm, thank you. It's an honor and a joy to be here. So, And with that, please continue to follow your girl on YouTube, Spotify, and Apple. And until next time, keep moving. Yeah, yeah. Tommy Likey. Tommy want wingy. <laughs> So I want you to play a little something. Yeah. So what do you think we should Ooh, start with? I'll play that Willie song. Willie Nelson I was telling you about. Well, all right. It's just like my drawings. I call, call, I call myself One Take Johnny. Here we go.
amazing. Let's do another one. Okay. That's so good. Let's do another one. Let's do another one. Take a request, everybody. Jam and Jay Taylor. Acoustic rock with Casey Wando. Casey, not Picasso. Prolo told me that I can't sing worth a bag of poop. Okay? <laughs> so this is for you, Joe, because I know I can't sing. Okay? I'm not trying to be the lyricist. Okay? Don't worry about it, Joe. I love you, Joe. Because I can't my mother that child was another free and away if dream were lightning no thunder desire though this house would have burnt down a long time ago yeah make me an angel flash from Montgomery make me a poster of an old rodeo just give me one thing Hold on to To believe in this living Just a hard way to go Yeah When I was a young girl I had me a cowboy He wasn't much to look at uh, Just a free family man But that was a long time No matter how I tried Life keeps on rolling Like a broken down dam Yeah Make me an Flies from Montgomery, make a poster of an old rodeo. Now just give me one thing I can hold on to, to believe in this living, you know, a hard way to go. You know I ain't done much since I woke up today How the hell can a person Go to work in the morning Yo, they come home in the evening They got nothing to say yeah. Make me an angel Flies from Montgomery A poster of an old rodeo Now just give me one thing This is a hard way to go. <laughs> That's fun, man. We'll, we'll end it with this. This is a fun, this is like a, this is a fun ender. It's like a show ender. I went and saw Dave and Tim play. Me, Jacob Sarkitis, John Reef, and Doug Dorley. We went and... <laughs> We drove in John Reef's little hatchback um, in 98. We went and saw Dave Matthews and Tim Reynolds play in Akron. And we ate pot brownies on the way. And we only had enough pot. We only had enough weed for the brownies. So we all felt really stupid and we were eating them like it wasn't working, like they weren't getting as high. And um, we couldn't we couldn't leave our seats after a three-hour concert. We were so high, we didn't know what to do. And this was the closing song.
Right on, man. That was fun. So good. I love it.